RadioInfluence.com. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Breaking news on Beyond the Badge. It's official. The presidential inauguration is officially over. The 45th president of the United States, Donald John Trump, was sworn into office this past Friday. However, the country is in turmoil. However, there's protest in the streets. However, there's riots in the street. However, there are people burning American flags, American flags in the streets of America, all because of their disapproval of the 45th president-elect Donald J. Trump. As I said, yes, you are listening to Beyond the Badge, but there's some things that need to be said for the first few minutes of this show, and I just thought I'd get right into it. I got a lot of ground to cover and not a lot of time for BS. So far, over 200 people, 217 at last count, have been arrested for crimes during their protest, disrupting civil order, rioting, vandalism. All of these things are crimes, and it's all based because their foreseen candidate, Hillary Clinton, did not win the White House. And the supposed racist who's going to deport black people back to Africa and deport Mexicans to Mexico and Chinamen to China and everything else, and we're going back to slavery, all because this individual, Donald J. Trump, who months and months ago, I said, had a really good chance of getting into the White House because of the overwhelming majority of the population who was tired of eight years of racial division. And you you cannot argue that over eight years, whether he knew it or not, President Obama did not racially divide this country. Anytime you had the Black Lives Matter movement as your guest at the White House, knowing the nerve that that strikes to many people, Anytime you say things like, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon, or the shooting of Michael Brown was unjustified, or when you're at the funeral of five dead Dallas police officers who were protecting and serving the people that were there against them, you're at their funeral and you say, the world needs to understand the pain of Alton Sterling's family, a guy who was a convicted felon who had fought with police before, who had raped a little girl and who had a gun when he was shot and killed. You cannot say that doesn't racially divide this country when you see your president of all Americans speaking only about something that happens to black Americans or transgender if you want to go to a girl's bathroom and you're really a guy, which is a whole nother issue. But that is the state that this country is in. So now that their prime-picked candidate, Hillary Clinton, didn't win. The liberals on the left are protesting, acting silly, throwing bottles, rocks, fluids at police officers in the streets. 
And while all of that is going on, our president, and I will say our president, because like it or not, that's what he is for the next four years at least. Four years at least, he is our president. Our president, Donald J. Trump, while all of this is going on, is keeping his promise to police officers. And one of the very first things that the White House released after the inauguration was standing up for our law enforcement community. Now, I've said it for the last year and a half on this show, and I've said it in TV programs across this country. There has not been a support for law enforcement. Law enforcement has always been the enemy for the last eight plus years. Everything that happens in policing has to do with race, and we need to take away police rights. We need to do this. But I've said it time and time again. It is not about police reform in a city like Chicago, where their murder rate was higher than a war zone in Iraq. It is not about police reform. It is about crime reform, and not only crime reform, but support of your police officers. And that is one of the very first things that the Trump administration put on the White House website. And I'm going to read just a little bit of it because I think it's very powerful and very much needed. And it says, one of the fundamental rights of every American is to live in a safe community. I'll get back to that. A Trump administration will empower our law enforcement officers to do their jobs and keep our streets free of crime and violence. I'll get back to that. The Trump administration will be a law and order administration. President Trump will honor our men and women in uniform and will support their mission of protecting the public. I'll get back to that. The dangerous anti-police atmosphere in America is wrong. And I've said that time and time again. The Trump administration will end it. The Trump administration is committed to reducing violent crimes. Listen to this number. In 2015, homicides increased by 17% in America's 50 largest cities. That's the largest increase in 25 years, longer than a lot of people have been on this earth. In our nation's capital, killings have risen by 50%. There were thousands of shootings in Chicago last year alone. Our country needs more law enforcement, more community engagement, and more effective policing. Our job is not to make life more comfortable for the rioter, the looter, or the violent disruptor. Our job is to make life more comfortable for parents who want their kids to be able to walk the streets safely, or the senior citizen waiting for a bus, or the young child walking home from school. Now, again, I don't care how you voted in this election. I don't care if you supported President Obama. You know if you've listened to the show that I didn't. And I can clearly and freely say that as a black man. But if you've listened to the show, you've heard me talk about Dwayne Wade's cousin who was just simply walking her and her daughter down the street in Chicago and she was shot and killed by two armed convicted felons who shouldn't have had guns. If you've listened to this show, this mentioned, this this White House uh, memo mentioned, or the young child walking home from school, if you've listened to this show, you've heard me talk about 
the nine-year-old in Chicago who was lured into an alley and shot and killed, and I don't want to tell you where he was shot because it's pretty disturbing, shot and killed because of gang retaliation for something his dad did. This little kid was walking home from school. Think about it. If that was your kid, would you want that to happen? If Dwayne Wade's cousin was your cousin, would you want that to happen? She's just walking her baby in a stroller down the street, minding her own business, and boom, she's no longer here. So while you have actors going on award shows and talking trash about the 45th president-elect, and while you have singers saying, I should blow up the White House, or I've thought about blowing up the White House, which is a terroristic threat, by the way. While you have all of this going on, no one's stopping to think that, hey, maybe, just maybe, we should say, you know what? Like it or love it, he is our president for the next four years. Let's give him a try. Let's see what happens. And if he's trying to make not only America great again, but more importantly, for me as a parent of a 15-year-old kid who walks home from the bus, who is in school during the day where we know violence goes on, we know gun control and how it doesn't work, for me as a parent, why wouldn't I want to hear that, yes, my 45th president is going to give power back to law enforcement that was essentially stripped away over the last eight years and not stripped by policy or procedure, but stripped away just by the divisiveness of what we've heard, that all police are bad. Everything that goes on in the black community involving police is racial, all of this stuff, and no one really focusing on the true issue of crime, right? Why would any American not want that? And let's not forget these same police that are right now getting bottles and bricks and rocks and everything else thrown at them by these Trump protesters are the same ones that at any given moment would give their life to protect and serve. You don't believe me? Go to Dallas and go ask those five families who no longer have their loved one in their lives because they were at a Black Lives Matter movement protest and people were calling them all kind of names. But guess what? When the shit hit the fan and excuse my language, when it hit the fan and the gunmen started shooting at people, guess who was getting them out of the way? When I flew to Dallas the next day and I talked to those officers and they could barely talk because of all of the screaming, I couldn't have been more proud of the men and women in the city of Dallas because at the end of the day, like us, love us, hate us, whatever, we are still the ones going into the face of danger to protect and serve the public. Now, this memo on the White House website, and you can check it out, whitehouse.gov, it goes on to say that supporting law enforcement means supporting our citizens' ability to protect themselves. We will uphold America's Second Amendment rights at every level of our judicial system. Now, if you think back to when this whole uh, campaign was going on, that was one of the big topics. And of course, the liberals 
preach gun control and it would reduce crime and it would do this. But I've always said, and anyone with common sense and anyone that knows how stuff really works on the street, the bad guys are not going to the store, the gun store and getting their guns, right? So the more gun control you try to spoo down the American's face, American citizens face, made them actually go vote for Trump. Let's not forget there were Democrats, Democrats who voted Republican for the very first time because they logically thought about this gun control issue that Hillary Clinton and President Obama were preaching and spooling down people's throats that, hey, this really is only going to affect me as a law-abiding citizen if you try to make it even more difficult for me to get a gun. Now, there's been laws in place of applying for guns, and there are questions on the gun application, and anyone that has gone to a gun store to buy a gun knows that. But you had these Democrats who, as they're listening to Hillary and President Obama, they're also watching the news, and they're watching the crime go up, and they know that the bad guys have more guns than the police. But yet you want to make it harder for the average law-abiding citizen who just wants to protect their wife, their kids, their loved ones, their dog. You want to make it harder for them to get a gun, but yet everyone is in an uproar of why Donald J. Trump is now the President of the United States. And let's not forget that at last check, about 42% of women voted for Donald J. Trump. So why is everyone out protesting? Why the marches? Why the fires? Why burning the American flag? Which I've said before, given how patriotic I am, I bleed red, white, and blue. I have Army Awards hanging up on my wall and a ton in a box somewhere that I don't know where they are, but I bleed red, white, and blue. So why, as an American, would I go out and burn an American flag because I do not support my president, my commander-in-chief? Now, at 44 years old, I've gone through a few presidents there's a lot that I can't remember when I was a kid, nor did I care about. But it never crossed my mind to say, you know what? I'm going to go burn the American flag. The flag that my president is the leader of America, because he's the president of the United States of America. So I don't support him, so I'm going to go burn the flag. That is ludicrous. But that is the mindset that we've been put in under the previous administration. A lot of people won't agree with what I'm saying, but it's true. When we started letting stuff like that go and not getting a grip on it, we're in the situation we're in now. When we started saying, yes, police are the devil, basically, we're in the situation we're in now. But now you got a guy that at least wants to come in clean it up, at least give police power back. Remember when I did the show about how President Obama was taking away military 
tactical gear from police, which I said was really stupid because, again, the bad guys have more guns, more ammo than the police. Guess what President Trump wants to do? That military equipment that you sometimes need when you're dealing with people that want to throw rocks, bottles, rioters, the stuff you need to do your job effectively to protect and serve because you have to get the crowd under control at some point, right? President Trump wants to give that back to police. And me personally, having done that job, me personally being able to see it for what it is and not that it's intimidating, not that it sends a bad message, not that it's racial, to me, it makes sense. And I support President Trump's stance on standing up for our law enforcement community. I support it 100%. And anyone with any sense would do the exact same thing. Because if you don't, it's going to be your nine-year-old walking home from school. It's going to be your cousin pushing their baby in the stroller. It's going to be your grandmother at Fort Lauderdale Airport going to a cruise. All of this stuff that if we don't get a grip on, if we don't support our law enforcement for, it's going to happen. And with that breaking news out of San Antonio, Texas, this happened this past Sunday. One dead, multiple injured, and Texas shopping mall shooting. A robbery inside a San Antonio shopping mall ended with shots fired on Sunday, leaving one person who tried to intervene dead, three others shot, and another two people taken to the hospital with non-shooting injuries, police and fire officials said. What we have here is a robbery gone really bad. Hmm. Now, remember I just talked about this whole gun control and how it doesn't keep guns out of the hands of criminals, right? So you have a good Samaritan who is now dead, who tried to intervene after these two thugs robbed a jewelry store at the Rolling Oaks Mall in San Antonio, Texas, on Sunday. Who wakes up on a Sunday? He probably went to church, went to lunch with his family, headed to the mall to do some shopping, and ends up dead because he tried to intervene on two felons who had weapons. Two felons who had weapons. They shoot back. They kill this guy. They shoot some other people. There's kids all over the mall. Remember, kids being able to walk freely. Remember, making America safe again. Making America safe again. This is the stuff I'm talking about. It's not police reform. Police reform had nothing to do with these two armed robbers going into a mall instead of getting a job like the rest of the country, most of the country, working for stuff. No, that's too too much. I'm just going to go rob the place and I'm going to kill somebody just because they tried to stop me from committing a felony act. Keep, make America safe again. Police reform 
would not have stopped these two individuals from going into that jury store. Crime reform, which probably includes tougher sentencing, would have prevented these two from going in that store and robbing it and killing someone and shooting other people. Police reform wouldn't have stopped them from going to get their gun wherever they got it from, but crime reform would have because the person that sold it to them, I'm sure has been arrested before, but our current judicial system is a joke. When I tell people I used to arrest people for guns and dope and they would be out before I got off my shift, I was not kidding with that. It happens. Crime control would have prevented this shooting at the mall in San Antonio. Not police reform, not playing the race card, plain and simple crime control. Breaking news out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, dash cam video, I'm sorry, body cam video has been released in the shooting of Abdi Mohammed. I think he was 17 years old at the time. This happened in 2016. He did not die, thankfully, because there would be a whole bunch of riots. Uh, but basically, let me give you the rundown of what happened. So whenever this shooting took place sometime last year, he was seen by police assaulting a homeless man with a lead pipe because the homeless man had asked him to buy a marijuana cigarette, weed, sticky icky, whatever you want to call it. He had told him, hey, I want to buy it for a dollar and ten cents. I don't know if he didn't agree with the price or whatever. But at any rate, Abdi Mohammed decided he was going to assault this homeless guy with a lead pipe. So as the police are walking through, probably on foot patrol, they could see Abdi Mohammed with the lead pipe beating on the homeless guy. They gave several orders, drop the weapon, drop the weapon, but he still, Abdi Mohammed, still advanced towards the homeless guy. So what is police function 101? Protect. Protect. So if they see someone being assaulted by a lead pipe, which by any legal definition is a deadly weapon, it's a lead pipe, come on, guess what? They, as police, can protect that person with deadly force. So, of course, now he did not die. He's on trial right now for, I think, robbery, aggravated assault, and, and uh, some other charges. So the, the key, I guess, to this case, I guess the defense is trying to use uh, that police shouldn't have shot him. Yeah, I don't know what their agenda is, but the fact is this individual, Abdi Mohammed, and I will post the full video on my Twitter, Vincent Hill TV on Twitter. You can watch it for yourself. Fact is, when the audio keys up, because audio on body cam doesn't key up until the officer is facing something. When it keys up, well, first you can see them running towards him because you can see the scuffle going on. But they say several times, 
drop the weapon. Now, his claim is they never said it. He didn't see him. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know how. A, he never saw them. And B, it's clear that they said drop the weapon because guess what? That's what police are trained to do. When I was on the streets, if someone had a weapon, my muscle memory told me to tell them drop the weapon, drop the weapon because of situations where people will say, nope, we didn't hear it. We didn't know they were the police. That's why they say it. So, of course, the police said it. So what option did they have at that point? Were they going to get close to him and try to do hand-to-hand combat with a guy armed with a lead pipe? No. Were they going to try to get close to him so they could pepper spray him armed with a lead pipe? No. Now, some will argue that they could have tased him. Well, I can argue, too. Maybe, A, the officers did not have tasers. And, B, I can show you countless video after video after video, real-world videos, where people have been tased by tasers, and it had absolutely no effect on them. But, bottom line is, the officers saw an assault that could have been deadly, had police not shown up. It's a lead pipe. Take a few shots to the head with the lead pipe. Tell me how you feel in the morning. You probably won't wake up in the morning, so you probably won't be able to tell me how you feel. They show up, the guy's beating the homeless guy with the lead pipe. They gave him ample opportunity to drop the weapon. He refused. He was shot. In my opinion, in my legal opinion, in my expert opinion of being a police, having been a police officer, the shooting was justified. And it's an open and shut case as far as the shooting. Now, the robbery charge and the assault charge, Mr. Mohammed deserves whatever he gets. You can't go around beating people. You can't go around assaulting people with lead pipes just because you got upset because they asked you to buy a roach of the sticky icky for a dollar and 10 cents. You just can't do it. Oh, and and guess what? This goes back to what is on the whitehouse.gov. Being able to walk the street safely. Now, granted, yeah, he did ask to buy weed, but does that mean he deserves to get beaten with a lead pipe? Or does he deserve to walk the streets safely and not have to worry about Abdi Mohammed beating him with a lead pipe. So be sure to check my Twitter after the show at Vincent Hill TV. Again, I'll have this video posted so you can watch it for yourself. I'll also have the standing up for our law enforcement uh, community memorandum directly from the whitehouse.gov, or you can go directly to their website, whitehouse.gov. It's there. You can see it for yourself. You can read it in its entirety. Again, I fully support it 100% because contrary to who you voted for, contrary to your race, contrary to your gender, your sexual preference, your religion, that is what America needs. And as I go into my campaign trail, because keep it a secret, I'm eventually going to run for an office. 
my goal, my objective will be to make America safe again. And of course, I'm not going to use that slogan because it's it's already been taken. Everyone will know where I got it from. But that's going to be my agenda to keep make America safe again. All right. It is time for the, the dreaded part of the show. And I used to call this roll call, but I think what I'm going to do is is make it more fitting for what it is actually about. And I'm going to call this section 10-7. In most police departments across this country, 10-7 means you're out of service. 10-7 is usually what they say when either you're going off shift or you're retiring or if you were killed in the line of duty. So from this day forward, I will not refer to it as roll call. I will give it its proper name and I will call this section of the show 10-7, officer killed in the line of duty. And unfortunately, I have to report that Michael LaFerre of the West Wigo Police Department in Louisiana was shot and killed Friday, January 20th, 2017. Again, in one of the most dangerous situations a police officer can find themselves in. And I will read it directly from the Officer Down Memorial page.org. Police officer Michael Levere was shot and killed while off duty when he stopped to assist at what he believed to be an accident scene at the intersection of Barreda Boulevard and Ames Boulevard. He was driving home at approximately 6.30 a.m., still in his uniform, at the end of his shift when he encountered the crash. Unbeknownst to Officer Lafayre, the crash was the result of a domestic violence incident. As he tended to an injured woman in one of the vehicles, a male subject approached him from behind and shot him in the back of the head, killing him. The man then fatally shot the female before fleeing the scene. The subject who shot the officer later committed suicide following a standoff on the Crescent City Connection Bridge. He was a U.S. Marine veteran and had served with the West Wego Police Department for 18 months. He is survived by his wife, four-year-old daughter, and one-year-old son. And let that sink in for just a second. His wife, his four-year-old daughter, and his one-year-old son, who now will not remember his father other than a picture that his mother will show him. And quite frankly, at four years old, how much of her father do you think his daughter will remember in years to come? You think this job is easy? It's not. And for me, this hits really, really close to home because I can remember being that guy, that officer, who even when I was off duty, I would stop in situations like this. I would stop at an accident scene and check on an individual. I would stop a car. I would do all of this. And it makes me think how this very well easily could have been me and it could have been my son and my daughter left behind to mourn me. So to Officer Michael LaFayre, I'm probably saying your name wrong, I apologize, 
Thank you for your service, not only to the city, but to the country as a Marine, to your family, my prayers to you, to my listeners. I thank you. I appreciate you. And I will see you next week right here, radioinfluence.com and available for downloads on iTunes immediately after the show. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Chef Brian Duffy here. I've got a new show called Duffified Live that's unlike anything you've ever heard. Each week, I'm going to be talking to some of my friends, some people I've never even met before. We're going to be talking about people that I meet on the road through some of my experiences. We're talking about restaurants, talking about great stories, great guests, wild adventures, the whole nine yards. Get Duffified Live with me, Chef Brian Duffy, each week on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.